0: another episode of the 10 frame podcast for emerging artists my name is kelly thompson and you can find me at kelly or on instagram at kelly k thompson art
1: hey, i'm kevin kirkwood and you can find me at kevinwillpaint.com or my instagram handle is kevin will paint
0: kevin and i will be having a two-person show opening on friday may the 26th and that runs through sunday may the 28th at the southern motors building at 402 Broughton Street in downtown Savannah next to Blix Art Supplies. The opening reception will be Friday, May the 26th from 6 to 9 p.m. We hope to see you all there. The 10 Frame now has a patrons page on our website where anyone can contribute to the podcast to help us cover associated costs so we can continue to share our conversations from the artistic community with you. The website is the10frame.podbean.com. Thank you in advance.
2: So my experience was very different than like probably my other peers. That... Did you
0: have to do recitals too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And the, and the
2: fingers had to be. I had to yeah. do mm-hmm. curl the fingers and yeah, all that.
0: My mom had grand delusions that we were going to be these amazing pianists.
2: Yeah.
0: And we just were like, she was like, "We'll buy. I'll get you whatever music you want. What do you?" get? So you know, my brothers and I were getting like Led Zeppelin and oh, totally. ACDC yeah. and and. She's like, okay. She wants whatever. like
2: Puccini. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, her opera love. Yeah.
0: Like, come on. Play some Bach for me. Yeah, Bach.
2: Yeah. Ode R- to Joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I had to play that.
0: Fleur de Lys.
2: Yes, yes. All those. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: green sleeves.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, all of them. And we had like a little um, sheet where we had to like put our little mm-hmm. practice time in. Did
0: you have the metronome? Yes. Oh,
2: my but the God. thing is, is I loved, I would do that. And then once that was done... I would just go nuts and I loved creating music I but I would just do what I wanted to do I'd be playing with the pedals and going in the bass and like just making my own little songs I'd even like do the little fist on the keys you know just like mess with the instrument I'd even open it up and like pluck the strings inside so once the lesson was over that's when the fun happened for me so As an artist, I feel like that's sort of my approach to creating with children and with adults, too, is, like, taking the lesson out of it, taking the components that you would normally see in developing creativity, Mm -hmm. and just allowing the, like, discovery part of creation, you know, creation to happen, so...
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well,
1: where, where did you grow up? Where, where did you play the piano? I
2: grew up Actually, in... Actually, yeah. if you could just yeah, get a little up. bit
0: closer. Scooch. Yeah.
2: Um, I grew up in Portland. Oregon. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. And so when? Because um, I used to live there. Stop. Yeah. Um, so
1: 2018. No, excuse me. 20. I lived there from 2017 to 2020.
2: Okay, I was gone. I, I, I was born there, and then I lived there like, you know, from my childhood up yeah. until um, 19 or something. 18. Um, I was in Northeast.
1: That's, so I was, um, oh my gosh, like MLK, yeah. um, Lombard, yeah. like Vancouver, like yeah. Vancouver. So I was on Vancouver and yeah. Rosa Parks. Yeah. Rosa park.
2: Yes, nice. That was where my house Nice. Was. Yeah, it was a little, um, Portland was an interesting place when I grew up because it wasn't quite as like busy as it is now. Um, so there was still that sort of sense of, it almost felt not like Savannah at all as far as being on the West coast, but you know, like we knew our librarian, we knew, we knew our neighbors, um, it wasn't as big as it is now where you're kind of stuck in traffic, driving mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, Portland's got pretty hip. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, a little bit of a hipster place now. So, like,
1: close to the 205. Is that north? E- I get screwed yeah. up or Um,
2: Fremont. You know where, like, Fremont is? It's like a divide. Yeah, yeah, line. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. There was
1: uh, Fire on the Mountain Wings. Did okay. you ever go there? Or no. no. It's been a while since you've been yeah, there. That yeah, that
2: probably is new. See, that's uh, probably new. Yeah,
1: um, Fremont. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, yeah. My old places, like, when I go back there, Portland's almost unrecognizable. Yeah, Like, the Portland that I knew, Uh you know. I mean, we got certain landmarks, but, um, you know, a lot of it's gone. Right. You know, like, those funky little restaurants you used to go to, they're, like, almost dangerous, but really good. Yeah. Those are all gone. (laughs) Yeah, those are all gone. (laughs) The special places. Yeah, the special places. Well, they
0: went through some really bad... Times over the last couple of years, right? And they they were had a lot of riots and it the was crazy. Defund mm-hmm. the police yeah. thing, mm-hmm. and they were closing police stations. Yeah, and
2: mm-hmm. pretty violent. It got violent. Yeah, yeah.
1: Two of the police stations by my house, they set the police stations on fire. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they were marching from um, basically down MOK, like from one park to the next park, and. They never got our house, we never got messed with, so
2: Yeah, that's an intense time you were there.
1: Twenty twenty, yeah. Right in the middle of it.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: You weren't leading the charge, were you? No, no. On the front lines of the
2: Yeah. With that naked lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember. No. She she got in the news. She was like
0: Oh,
1: she had she just yeah, sat right
2: in the street. She middle just got naked and, and sat like, that's so Portland, yeah. dude. That's so Portland. Like, I'm just gonna get naked yeah, and stand like, for my beliefs. Nobody's
0: gonna put me on the news, but no. they might now.
2: Yep, and they did. She sure got she got exposure. <laughs> totally. Oh my god, I'm such a dork. <laughs> Such yeah. Good, yeah, I have dad jokes. Just
1: so you know, they so, come out every once in a while. I love it. So it was Portland. Were you making you were making work art there, right? Yeah,
2: I was. I grew up in a family of artists, so I had kind of an unconventional path. Um, Tell and, me
1: more about that. Yeah,
2: so my dad was a graphic designer. Cool. Um, he worked for big companies like Nike, Adidas, mm-hmm. um, Miller Brewing, Rolls Royce. Um, yeah, he was very busy busy man at that time and um he had a studio in the pearl district okay and it was a beautiful space like it was It was like an artist paradise for me as a kid because, you know, I didn't have any of the responsibilities that he had. Um, On the first floor of the building was Blue Sky Gallery, which was, um, I don't know if you know who Robert Rauschenberg is, the artist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His son, Chris, owned the gallery on the first floor. So there was all these beautiful artists that would come in and out and really kind of experimental things happening. Um, We had a photography, like a dark room in the studio that my dad had and... So I have these very visceral memories of like working with photographers, the smells, the chemicals, um, you know. So my my childhood was sort of steeped in creative, like art, Mm -hmm. I guess, the creation process. So it was funny because to me, like I never understood the idea of not being an artist. Like, you know, I had friends who were like, I'm going to be an artist when I grow up. And I'd be like, aren't you already one? one?" Like, you know, so um, good thing I didn't want to be like a lawyer you know or something like that you know it's like I'm glad I had that same heart for um,
0: I think some of it's genetic
2: yeah I do too oh 100% and it's kind of eerie because now that I'm you know through the years have tried on my own like voice and done little things and played with so many things um, I see my dad in my work Yeah. you know I see that thread that comes out in his strong love for graphic and design and Um, You know, and he always used to tell me, like, if you reduce it, it should be, like, beautiful to see as a stamp, you know. He was, like, really into, like, the, you know, like, kind of reducing everything to this gorgeous, like, little Japanese stamp. You're like, Dad,
1: I just want to throw the paint. Yeah, yeah, and that
2: made me more, like, you know. That was my rebellion, right? That was probably my rebellion was painting um, intuitively and outside the lines and, you know. I
0: got both of those, I've got my undergraduate degree in graphic design. Okay. And my my then wife, um, who I met in design school, we had two kids, and I think both both of them got some artistic inklings also. And right. they grew up in-house. I mean, I'm at my computer talking to clients, doing design, and my daughter's in her carrier here, and I'm, you know, feeding her. and So she grew up in the studio.
2: Beautiful. Um, and
0: she, she went to school and now she does film. Yeah. So she, has, she definitely has some of that. My son, not as, not as much, um, but he does draw and painting yeah. and all that
2: yeah. kind of stuff. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because I think it just becomes a part of your consciousness. It doesn't become a thing that is separate. There's like no separation. And I think that's sort of how I've always, um, I guess I've, that's just how it's always been for me. I've never really seen art as separate from who I am or like something outside of me I've always felt like it was something that came from inside of me
0: so it's not a vocation it is
2: yeah it part is a, of who you are. it's life art is life to me and I think that's why I've always um gravitate and then it's interesting because my mom who raised me um she's not my biological mom but she's my mom you know um I don't even know why I said that, but, <laughs> but she, um, she was a physical therapist. So, you know, it's interesting kind of my life path because unintentionally all the things that I was exposed to kind of came in full circle into who I am now. You know, it's like, um, you know, she was always working with people that had different abilities and, you know, they would come to our house. You know, one of my best friends had no hands, you know, my piano tuner, we talked about piano, he was blind um, you know, and it's interesting because I can tell you time and time and time how that was just a normalcy for my life, and then I ended up doing therapeutic art outreach, which was just literally people would just ask me to do it, and I realized it can was. Can you pro-
1: tell me more about what what is okay therapeutic art outreach? Yeah. yeah so, what is that?
2: So, um, using art as a tool <laughs> mm-hmm. for people to. Um, express themselves and I mean that would probably be the most like basic way to describe it I mean obviously it ends up having transformative and healing power um I've seen the evidence of that time and time again when you know someone just begins to make a mark or like just that, those beginning phases of allowing that energy out of your body it's like art is one of the things that as we do it, it informs ourself about ourselves, it's like through the process of creating we're able to see what is within because we're channeling it so um
1: is there someone special that you've met in your journey of making work with these oh people oh my
2: gosh so many beautiful people
1: yeah
2: yeah it's um tell me about yeah one of them
1: maybe well, not names or specific, right 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 it, um
2: One thing that happened just recently is I created a sculpture for the center of blind, with the center of blind and low vision. Um, And uh, it was really cool because there's a stainless steel sculpture over there that we, um, my husband and I, Joshua Gary, he's a metal worker. um, We went over there and made some, I had everyone kind of design a shape with um aluminum wire that would be like a life path shape almost like if you took an aerial shot of a racetrack or a path um and i i was asking them to think of a time in their life um where they had kind of gone through something and come out on the other side and it didn't have to be about losing eyesight but many of them were and so um we created these shapes and then i um, took a shot of them we had them plasma cut and then used i kind of like it was sheets of stainless steel so that you could touch it you know so i kind of see the sheets almost like cookie dough and so their shapes were in there and then i used like the inside of the cookie and then the outside dough of the steel to kind of merge all their shapes so if someone had sort of like a kidney bean shape in there somewhere I would kind of try to morph that and so we ended up making three sculptures that grouped all of their stories and we called it the shape of story and um the unveiling was like very emotional because um I'm watching you know and I had sand sanding for like eight months because it has to be touched and um anyway so when we we went out there and Brenda Walker I'll say her name because she's amazing and she doesn't care I know she doesn't she's really cool but she you can
1: say names yeah just yeah yeah, yeah. no
2: right for sure and um but she started touching her shape she found it and that was so cool too because the finding of it is also was really neat because wow. they weren't like all flat anymore they were like all mixed in and, and all of a sudden she's like oh my gosh it's my it's my shape it's my yeah, story yeah, yeah. and it's like oh my god
1: yeah right no
2: I mean just water I was a mess And then she's kissing it. She kissed it, and she like hugged it. And I just thought, so beautiful. Yeah, right. Like it was. She could feel her story.
0: Mm -hmm. Can you describe um, where they were? How what the size was? Were they were they large? Like yeah, they're pretty. They're
2: pretty large. One thing that was interesting is when we had begun it. You know, everyone was like monumental. You know, everyone wanted this big thing because they wanted it to be really spectacular. But the truth is is you know i've been working with the blind for a while and i was like we can't put stuff way up high it makes no sense like nobody can touch it um and we're seeing with our hands so it's like everything had to be i mean probably the highest part is maybe six and a half feet but you you know you can reach up and touch it Mm -hmm. um but almost everything else is maybe five about five feet so that you can you know walk through it and it ended up being um three separate pieces that went together where's it at um center of blind and low vision
1: so we're like in terms of savannah. oh um it's in savannah right? yeah yeah
2: yeah 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 downtown um i think they're on cornwall they're just up here off of waters oh right on. yeah yeah so it's in the back area there and but yeah that was um an experience that i mean i've had several experiences um but that one was really beautiful because uh, you know yeah
1: Yeah, it connects with me. I I understand what you're saying. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, you changed, maybe not changed. You allowed people to make work and then feel it and see it with their hands. Is what I just heard you say, kind of.
2: And then seeing your story, like seeing your story, even if you're seeing it with your hands, there's something about like my story is important. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the other thing is like when you put anything down, there's sort of this. I mean the physicality; it becomes real. It's like you know we have our thoughts and then we put them in writing. They become like a diary. And Especially then as a
0: visual artist, right? Because you can—it's immediate. Once it's down, you can, you can see it, and you—it's almost a realization of what's in your head. Yeah. But I can understand if, if you're uh, vision impaired, and you do something where it's, it's visceral in a sense where you can you can touch it and hug it or you know it, it's i could see that being in a similar um sensory um intake or yeah. sensory response to that now i've some of your sculptures that i've seen have like the interior shapes are cut out mm-hmm. so and then light goes through and you can see shadow were they similar to that or yes
2: were... very similar um and the and s- I, the sculpture is something that i'm expanding on right now so you know my next phase is going to be like more bending i think i wanted to keep some of their shapes very honest so i didn't manipulate or bend them so they kind of were very straight and linear and sort of they're merged and they have all these different directional aspects but i didn't want to change their shape so that's kind of why they became like that um yeah, I, I'm fascinated by positive and negative space, and like you, I'm very fascinated with shadow um, and light and the interaction of that, you know. I always think, like, if everyone's always like, be the light, everything's light, light. Well, I mean, if everything was light, we'd be blind. If everything was dark, we'd be blind. So we need contrast. and um, That's shadow. Yeah. And it's like so beautiful to me because mm-hmm. there's so much information in those, that balance between light and shadow. There's so much information happening there. So it's like, um, for me, like ceaseless obsession. <laughs>
0: when, when you had these up, finally outside, do you have to explain what it visually looks like to, to the um, people that were working with No, them? Did I did Did they want to know what the light was doing with them? or
2: Not at Not all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, some people who had, it's interesting you say that because we had another exercise we did where we made masks and um, we paper mache the masks and we did use color. And a lot of times if I'm using color with the blind, I'll tell them exactly what the colors are if they've lost their eyesight before, but I'll just kind of... Um, if they have never had eyesight, I'll just talk about color and frequencies. So I'll say like, if you want more bass, we're going to go red. If you want more higher frequencies, like music, we go violet for the higher. So I use like the, um, Roy G Biv, but I do it with color frequency because, um, all color has sound. So, um, but I put them in like cupcake tins, you know, um, so that like they can count Mm. where. The colors would be. But um, the people when we made the masks that had lost their eyesight, the way that they put light and dark on their mask was very different than the people who had not um, ever had sight. And the the prompt was, um, how does it feel to have like sun on your face?
1: Can you describe one of each of those two scenarios?
2: Um, Yeah, so like the sun on the face would be more of a feeling of of all kinds of colors like they and,
1: and the people that had their sight versus the people that didn't have their sight you said that there was a clear contrast between the yeah there was a
2: difference you could tell you could be you could say like oh they're experimenting with just the way that feelings like the texture and the colors were all mm-hmm. sort of more mixed whereas people who knew this was dark and this was light and had experienced shadow and light in their life before they were trying to
1: blend the colors maybe
2: yeah they were trying to represent a bit more of the shadow and light yeah which is interesting because it was less sensory and emotional and more
0: just get in there yeah
2: pain nice yeah
0: so do you is it um the blind or the the visually impaired in particular? Or do you work I with work any with other groups? <laughs> yeah. I work with all
2: kinds. Oh, sorry. Okay, no problem. Look at me. get all excited. No, I want to know. Everyone. I work all. Yeah, I Everybody's got everybody. problems. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really do work with, like, not that, top... Not the there problems. Yeah. No, good problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good problems. Um, problems. We have... Uh, I work with toddlers, two seniors, and I work with... So, like... Probably my eldest is 96, 95, 96. And then little babies I work with. Where do you work with them at? um, I work through the Telfair Museum. I do um, some of the projects I take on are independent as an artist, but many of them are through the Telfair with their art outreach program.
0: Do you have a studio there, or, or
2: um, I work in their draw? I work in the studio that's at the museum. It's a drop-in studio, but when we do outreach, um, we go on location. So I, you know, a speech and hearing, we work with. We work with um, stroke survivors group um, in speech and hearing, and then we work with um, Ruth Big pe- uh, Adult Daycare Dementia. I mean, it's we have so many um, domestic abuse survivors. Um, and this year, uh, Rachel, who's the um, outreach coordinator, she actually did an inmate. So we're gonna add the inmates on, which is really cool. That was very powerful.
0: How about, um, I know there's a fairly large homeless population in Savannah. Is that, do you all work with any Um, home, you know, yeah, marginalized? Yeah,
2: we worked with uh, the Grace House, which is like um, a kind of a halfway house, like mm-hmm. a recovery um, but that, that's about the extent of that. Yeah.
0: And how, if somebody was interested, how where would they go to find information about how to become a part of this?
2: Um, you mean to volunteer or just be a part at all? Either,
0: either yeah. volunteering or if someone wanted yeah. to, to seek your yeah. help or, or join a... Um, class or, yeah or whatever.
2: probably go online to the telfair museum and um contact rachel Stayer, who's the outreach coordinator because um, she puts a lot of programs together so if there's um organizations out there that are interested in being included you know we're always trying to expand and grow um so yeah that's that would be good oh, great yeah yeah <laughs> so i have questions <laughs> yes please
1: um can you see color can you hear color
2: uh kind of what i hear that's it why did you ask me that that's interesting
1: because you were talking about the blind yeah is it okay to say blind people yeah uh,
2: oh yeah oh my gosh just so you know my the blind are the funniest yeah no for real they're hilarious like they're i mean the sense of humor about everything is just yeah i love it yeah
0: good well, you did, yeah, you mentioned something about, um, sound having a frequency mm. or I'm sorry, color, color, having a, f- uh, a, um, auditory yeah. frequency.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. But what's weird for me is I have, what do they call that? Senesthesia. Or I, don't Senesthesia. Know, yeah. yep. I don't have it where like every single color, but I actually, it does have a, like a resonance for me mm. more than a specific sound. There might be like a resonance of a color. Um. Now I'm gonna sound so weird. what Here we, we go. Like it. Here go. we go. Let's, Let's dive go in. Hole. You ready? Wait, yeah. Let me, let me
1: get my seatbelt. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're about. Oh, I was just gonna say, put on your hats and glasses. Buckle up, buckle Buttercup. up, baby. Hold on. Um, sometimes what I see, which is very bizarre, is if like there's a jarring noise, I will see a pattern. Mm. So I almost see like um, like a snowflake type of a pattern, but they're different with any type of sound. If I'm expecting it, I won't hear it. I have to be surprised to see it.
1: It's like overload of adrenaline, right? Just yeah, exploding. And then
2: I see this very distinct pattern. Yeah. It's very strange. It's almost like sacred geometry or or like a snow. I can't.
0: How do you see it? Is it like a an aura? It's I mean, like I a
2: white light in my. Uh, like in my vision field Mm -hmm. so it's like um, if someone just went dropped a book or something I might see it and it's very fast it's like as fast as the sound is
0: do you ever try to um, represent that visually when when you're painting or
2: that's interesting because it's possible that I'm doing that on an intuitive level I I don't consciously try to do that actually My approach to to making art, I like to be as fluid as I possibly can. Like, my favorite thing about creating art is getting out of the way. And I think that's because I have to be, um, I don't have to be, but um, I am often so aware when I'm working with others about how to sort of, you were talking about music earlier. Like, when I was little, I always wanted to be a conductor. And I think I just loved the, like, you know what I'm saying, and, da, 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 and the hands and the so when I'm anticipating needs with the community and working with people with so many different um, ways, I feel like I'm kind of a con, I'm anticipating. Okay, we need this, and ding, and da, and splash, and dip, and paint, and fuel, and dip conducting and dip. in right. your own way, in my own way, and it is um, with the attentiveness on them. Because my my heart wants to facilitate for them whatever they need to create whatever they need. Um, so if they're more organized and focused, and it, I'll get all their stuff like in a line, I'll do it however they need it. But when it's like me just doing my work, I love just the energy of do not yeah, yeah, just get out of the way.
1: So what are you making? What what what's your absolute go-to when you gotta just get that out?
2: Um because because it's quick mm. probably paint yeah acrylic uh oil. i love oil yeah or um oil or acrylic mm-hmm. yeah even watercolor i even like love ink and coffee
0: yeah like if
2: i'm just sitting in the sun and just yeah. but i do love something that allows me to loosen up uh when i need that like yeah, yeah i i definitely gravitate towards the fluidity of whatever i'm uh, and then I like to work on the ground.
0: So that. and, and large. Yeah, like, yeah. I saw some large panels.
2: Yeah. I guess that I didn't realize that was unusual.
0: It's not that's I it's not that really unusual, large, is too, it? So,
2: yeah. yeah. But I love being low. There's something about um Maybe I need to ground myself. <laughs> Probably. I'm like freaking floating around half the time. I'm in orbit most You're of the time. You're
0: channeling your inner Jackson Pollock. Right? Yes,
2: there you Stand go. Yeah, something. Stand on it, you know, yeah. put your feet in it. I like and your to hands get in and there. It. And I like to um I'd like to be able to rotate. You know, like rotate the canvas. I did have like get my little birth chart thing and I have no earth signs. So maybe that's part of it. There's like what no earth in my chart.
1: What's a birth chart? I wish
2: I knew more. I know some. Is that
1: where the lines are crossing? Like yeah, you be in and you get line? your weird
2: witchy shape. That's what my friend called it. He's like, let's go see what our weird witchy shape is. So it shows you like um, when you're born, like where everything was. So you have uh, all these houses and okay. you have all these like signs in different areas. And it's kind of fascinating because you're like, wow, there's actually. That's, so
0: it has to do with. Planetary alignments and mm-hmm. celestial objects that were in certain areas of the sky at the time you were born, right? Right, exactly.
2: Yeah. So when I did my chart or looked at it, I have no Earth, which is kind of weird. Like there is literally no, so I was like, You're out oh, there. You're out in space. no wonder I'm an alien. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, so everything. is well, they are
0: like, talking about them being here now, so... Well, watch know. out. Yeah. Right. They're coming. <laughs> they
2: are. Yeah, I think they're here. <laughs> Actually, I
0: think <laughs> they've been here for yeah, a long time. I so, too, dude. Yeah. Well,
2: that's interesting, too, because that, like, goes back to, like, petroglyphs and mark making, which uh, yeah. is a huge part of, like, my passion, too. Like, I've always seen that, like, doing art outreach and just even as human beings, right, like, we always have this desire to make our mark. And um, I think back to, like, I have a fascination with petroglyphs and cave paintings and um, even, like, bathroom-style graffiti and, like, carvings on benches and, like, you know, people writing their initials in a tree. I mean, even tattoos, right? So it's, like... Uh, I always notice when my kids at the end of like a summer camp or something, they're like, da-da-da was here, you know, like on the table. And I think that's so beautiful because there's two parts to it. There's one part where it's like I'm going to express myself, right? I'm going to let the world know I was here, that I have a mark to make. But then there's also this other part that's anticipating no one's knowing someone's going to see that. So it's like you're doing that knowing there's an energy coming in that's going to witness that. So I think that's really interesting, too. There's kind of a psychology behind it that really intrigues me.
0: And I think you also think that it's lasting. It's, yeah. It's going to be there for, especially if you're carving on a tree. You yeah. Ever walk, you go yeah. for a hike or a walk, and then you see a carving that you know has been there for a long time. You yes. Know, years, and something maybe half grown over it or whatever, and you're just like, wow, I wonder what was happening at the time yes. when that was done.
2: What was that? love story exactly. or that yeah no I, AG
0: and, you I know, love VT. all of they're it. probably like 90 years old now right? yes
2: total I love all of that I'm a total romantic like I love it all even the nasty shit on the bathroom walls I'm like yes I love it like I'm like funnier, it's so like yeah like it I is dig this it. real yeah. like
1: did
0: somebody actually mean you know,
2: yeah you, for a good time <laughs> yeah or for, should I call <laughs> yeah. right there
0: yep. yeah I wonder yeah. if that's a real number
2: yeah should we and then it's like
0: no this should i call bob or not
2: yeah little me would have (laughs) i used to prank call people as a kid just to see like what's going on in their house
0: we used to do that i think that was a 70s or 80s yes totally we used to prank call people all the time it was so
2: great and you could like really have conversations like they would actually entertain you like yeah I used to pretend I was like salespeople and stuff too, just to kind of keep them on the phone. So Agatha, I have a question for you.
0: It's like <laughs> it's like The Simpsons when just they call shit up.
2: they just call make... Mo's Tavern. Yeah, you know, on the <laughs> totally, Simpsons. totally, yeah. I was a very mischievous little person, yeah, which is probably why I get along so well with kids that struggle um, with conventional schooling.
0: How uh, long have you been at the? Or have have you been affiliated with the Telfair?
2: I've been affiliated with the Telfair, maybe. Gosh, probably even over eleven years. Wow. Yeah, but um, how did that come about? Uh, how did that start? My friend Martha, Martha Mithlow, she worked there, and um, I was, you know, just interested in being in around an environment of art, you know, because my kids were little at the time, and I didn't have a lot of extra energy, which anyone knows that has little kids, but I wanted to still kind of volunteer and be, you know, so that's kind of how it started. And then it just sort of snowballed into like what I've always done before that. Like when I lived in New York and worked with, um, did outreach there. And then in New Mexico, I worked with, um, Puente's pregnant teen moms. I was a sex ed teacher, you guys, for a very small, I mean, I can't really take full, it was like a part of the curriculum of working with teen moms since I had to teach sex ed.
0: Well, that's that's good too. Once you have kids, because you have to, you know, you got to get yeah. the talk in yeah. there, and and I'm sure they're probably rolling their eyes at you. I know. Mom. Yeah,
2: yeah. We used to have taught. Ta- Look at my kids are gonna be like, thanks, <laughs> thanks uh, we a did, lot, We Mom. did too. When, by yeah. the
0: time we got to our kids, they were just like. We know. Yeah, we know. We know all Please this. Like, well, stop. I'm going to do this anyway because I think it's my duty.
2: It is Most your parents. duty, kind of. I yeah. mean, right? Yeah. Like to give them the information, even well, if it's and you awkward. Also f- even you if it's like uncomfortable. Speaking
1: of awkward, I'm the, like, I'm the awkward one
0: right now. Do you I'm need like, to talk? should, oh, we, talk should we give you, you some?
2: Do we need charts?
0: <laughs> yes, <please. laughs> we'll, we'll go to McDonald's and look and go to the bathroom stall and see yeah. if any goods written on there. Actually,
2: right. there'll be some information in there, I guarantee you. I guarantee yeah, you.
0: Let me write this number down. I'm going to have to
2: call later. <laughs> they probably can tell you what's up. <laughs> That's <okay. laughs> <laughs> They'll have some You want to know, know what's up? <laughs> oh my God. Bob. Yeah, I love that you Bob. said Bob. Yeah. Bob. Not that
0: I would know. No. Oh,
2: yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: So
1: I, I only know a little bit about you. Yeah. And what I do know is it seems like you're you really enjoy what you're doing, and it like radiates. So I mm. I appreciate that. So
2: mm. I appreciate cool. that yeah. that touches me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's ooh, you got me tender. Uh, <laughs> no, no,
1: it's it's true. Yeah. I feel it. Like there's not a lot of people that could do what you do, and mm-hmm. I feel I feel like you really enjoy. It. I've never even been to one of the classes, mm-hmm. so it's special. So yeah,
2: I do. I feel an enormous sense of gratitude to mm-hmm. be able to help. It, or not, I don't like the word help, but to be present mm-hmm. in facilitating um, an environment that's uh, safe, a safe space for people yeah. to create. You know, I always say, like, my little motto is, like, um, be kind, play, and create. And I was just telling a friend of mine that that kindness also extends to you, right? So it extends to, like, being kind to yourself, not mm-hmm. just kind to others. So it's, like, when you... Um, Cultivate an attitude and environment of kindness and generosity, I think it opens up a spirit of play where people who've maybe been stuck or felt dormant. Um, I had a man came come in one time to the studio, it's like his wife was like aching him in. She was like, Come on, honey, come in and make something. And he's like, and this is always the line. I can only draw a stick figure. I'm no artist. Like, I could literally write those things and like Ta-da, look yeah. at my people, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was so nervous. And I and I thought, you know, sometimes I forget the privilege that I have of being comfortable and expressing myself creatively, because it is a gift to be able to do that. Not not that I have a gift, but I'm saying it is it is a really beautiful privilege to be able to create, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are just trying to survive, yeah. you know? And um, I realized that. I think we're all creative beings. And somewhere along the way, sometimes we get we get um, told different narratives about who we are and what our, you know, our capacity is or whatever. So he came in and, and she's like playing around and, and he and I was like, just, you know, this is what I do. I manipulate people. <laughs> I basically. It's out now. Yeah. People, yeah. I'm, a, no. like, I'm not. I try to cover. I try to um, I try to find the connection with people and where they feel safe. So it's like, let's just try this. Right. Because maybe this thing is really scary, but this mm-hmm. thing isn't as scary. So I kind of got him to just like doodle on a little styrofoam thing to make a print. I said, just draw lines. Like, what's your favorite shape? A triangle? Like, that's how simple it can get. Yeah. And all of a sudden I look down and he's there and he's in it. And I'm like, yes, you, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I was so excited because he was in his zone, and he was like, you know, went beyond the triangle and it into this whole thing. And I'm like, OK, this is what's up. I was so happy. And um, when he was done and he made his print and everything, he was like, I haven't done that since I was eight. He said he had a teacher and he knew exact like the whole story was so imprinted in him. Mm-hmm. He, he said, I was drawing a tree. And I had a teacher who told me that my tree wasn't good kind of thing. That shut him down for, like, so many years.
0: And also, I think opening up people's, um, not eyes, but just opening them up to knowing that there's many ways of creating. You don't have to draw. You can do other things. Right. That help you express, you know, whatever artistic. Yeah. You know, and... You're right, anyone who says they're not artistic, there's gonna be some avenue for them to to get a creative you know flow going, yeah, with something,
2: and sometimes you have to obliterate like like I do this thing where I say obliterate the brush, and I just like get sticks or marbles or you know stuff that you don't have mm-hmm. any preconceived like notion with, so that you kind of are um. You know, you have to work with the shapes that are there and the way that that material works. So you, you let go control. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had a little boy once that was so hard on himself. He was like super duper perfectionist. So and you give him a tree? Yeah, yeah. Well, we paint went with this. Yeah, paint with this. Yeah. But we went out and he was like, race every line that he was doing. And it wasn't even, it was like plain air drawing and he, like nothing was done. And, and we went back and I was like, it's cool, it's cool. But we filled up balloons with paint. <laughs> I was like, throw this balloon and then turn that paint thing into like a creature or something. And oh my gosh, he was the happiest little thing. But it was like just allowing himself that permission to um, let go. Right? And that's something I think we all are hard on ourselves sometimes with mm-hmm. allowing ourselves the permission to let go of whatever it is we're hanging on. It it could be... Um, physical thing or emotional thing or but yeah so anyway
1: how often do you teach there or how often are you at, at the tel-fair? um
2: i'm at the Telfair. fair i usually do uh, classes a few mm-hmm. nights a week um right now there's a little pause before summer camp summer camps will be at the end of the this month
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um yeah so but i'm there so things
0: ramp up in the summertime
2: yeah and i'm there on the weekends every weekend with the drop-in studio so if anyone wants to come in and play and make stuff from 10 to 2 that's open
0: cool i can draw a stick figure yeah
2: okay. well can we can use a stick, stick to draw a stick figure <laughs> well that's what i was gonna say Wouldn't that be too? cool
0: one of the things that that i learned early on is when you get stuck with with painting and you you're just getting rigid and um is to take a long stick and put the brush on the end of it yes. and then put it on put the paper or whatever on the floor or put it on the wall and it for some reason that just putting that distance between you and what you're right or what you're mark making on just opens up things a little bit that's I don't know so why
2: that's crazy you said that because I have been wanting to do that so bad
0: super fun yes
2: because yeah. it just like it's like an energy thing mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you're not touching it exactly. There's enough distance to where it's almost like it's drawing itself.
0: Yeah, plus you're like, nah. if I, if I fuck this up, it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? Because I was using the stick, right? right? Oh, yeah, and it's and not it's right. Like,
2: I was way over here. What do you want okay, from me? Okay, Bob. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. Uh, that's great.
0: Is there anything that you're not doing currently with kind of in this area that you would like to do? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, a group of people that you would like to work with or just another avenue that you would like to explore?
2: Well, I'm, I'm excited because I I'm, I'm, think I'm going to, you know, we're pretty much developing right now uh, the 912 show at the uh, museum. So I'm working with AJ from Solfer Studios. Do you know who mm-hmm. he is? Alexis uh, Javier. But anyway, um, yeah, and it's going to afford me the opportunity to um, create more sculpture that's kind of where i really am i'm kind of in this sculpture's weird because once you get into it you it's hard to go back to 2d i'm
0: starting to play with metal now.
2: are you seeing what i mean a little mm-hmm. bit
0: yeah, yeah. I, the, uh, kevin knows this. yeah and collecting... kevin you're doing sculptural yeah, I'm, stuff too uh, yeah. yeah i've been collecting um park, car parks mm-hmm. and my wife's like well, when there's all these car parts in the backyard you know our backyard is smaller than this area right here yeah and got fenders and yeah wheels and you know i don't i don't weld but i like to cut up stuff and try to put them together like puzzle pieces oh that's
2: so cool yeah.
0: now how do you what do you work with i saw do you you were talking about a plasma cutter do you use yeah so i'll
2: or... probably the best way for me to work just because of my abilities and my skill set is i'll probably have things cut plasma cut and then manipulate the metal um i do i am learning to weld which is very hard yeah. um i love it but it's it's like
0: it's hard work. talk
2: about being an alien dude when you put that thing on you are, like, under, either underwater or in outer space. Like, you are not here. You're not here.
0: It's not comfortable either. I mean, especially no. if you're in Savannah in the summertime wearing that no. heavy, leather. You have thing. to love it. Yeah.
2: Like, it's one of those things that you have to love. But the beautiful part for, like, someone like me is um, I, I'm somewhere else. Like, when I shut that little thing and I'm in that little green, watery world, dude, I could be, like anywhere it's like it's kind of cool so um but it's scary because <laughs> it's hot flaming yeah, fire you're, you're and metal and fire. yeah and i'm not like super excellent yet so i have a lot to learn but um it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to be able to play with so i'm really excited about that
0: yeah i like the plasma cutter we used to have one um, where i worked and the first time i, I got to play with it Luckily I had my glasses on because there are
2: sharp like Yeah, yeah. and then
0: I got a nice um nice. Of burn mark on my
2: glasses. Such a badass.
0: Just dumb. <laughs> no. Just <I> know. dumb. <laughs> yeah. No, but She's that's... like, yeah, you're, you're...
2: <laughs> No 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 no. I, for real. Anything can happen. Oh, Dude, I, I almost like like had a um one of those blades, it w- flew off of my husband's grinder mm-hmm. and went straight. Like it was one of those where we were like don't look down. You know, do we have to go in? And luck, I don't know what happened. My sweatshirt, it's like a miracle. My sweatshirt went all around it and uh, balled it up. Right. It was a miracle. Same by sweatshirt. Dude, my heart could have been, I mean, I could buy.
1: Yeah.
2: And you're just like, how oh, am I making art? You know, it's like, no, it's intense, dude. I think of like um, like Ronald at like Hostess City Hot, do you know where the hot glass, he does the Mm-mm. glass blowing? um they're like the freaking like bartenders of the art world the glass blowers because they like heat that glass up and once it's like the fire is like perfect they've got to just go in and no matter what time it is how late they'll just keep blowing glass and um it's nuts because i did a thing with ronald once a class he's sitting there talking to me like oh my god not at all like when I did it I had two hands he's
0: making a set of of, of vases totally well he's like
2: so anyway and he's like twirling and like listening to music and and I tried it it is so hard like my thing is like lumping like a bad marshmallow like falling off and like oh my god it's um it's an art form though like that yeah and that oh there you go yeah so I meant to do that yeah I was laughing about that with some artists there saying how with their art projects they like they run with the like no I wanted it to have a rough edge yeah <laughs> Only it's a, not finished
0: yeah I did that on purpose
2: yeah that was that was intentional intentional
0: yeah I intentionally did this 10 minutes before class
2: so, yeah exactly so I, I wanted it finished. to have a really like spontaneous feeling yeah.
1: <laughs> so let me see what kind of music do you listen to
2: oh my gosh that's interesting because i create always to music yeah dancing is a big part of how i paint um i listen to almost everything uh i do like a good beat Mm -hmm. i need some bass you know every once in a while i put my bad bitch music on which is what oh god everything nasty nasty I get my nasty music going with my daughter.
0: What you I want to hear some nasty I mean, music I will, the way home. I will
2: go to Cardi B, you know, not that that's like my, but I will. But then I also like love, like, you know, African jazz and like Puccini and I mean, I do. I love opera. Like your mom. I mean, I used to like go to the opera in Santa Fe. It'd be like my thing just to cry. I, <laughs> I cried just,
0: because I couldn't leave. I
2: know. You're like, I cry because I <laughs> did like
0: eight and sitting there going, oh, my God. No,
2: if you were really eight cool. and oh. forced, it would be awful.
0: Sorry, Mom. But, but she knows. Yeah. She's your... But no, I don't want everyone...
2: That's not the only music I like. Yeah, now I'm no, I'm like, sounding like super shallow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So there's Cardi B. No, no, no.
2: <laughs> no, but I love like... um I do love like uh, like uh, I love some good beats. So anything that like all of a sudden it's in my body, not like I, I don't mind heady music. Like when I'm sort of like you know in my you know like folk music, singer songwriter music's great when I'm in that space. But I will say when I'm painting, I like some. You like to like, dance and paint like at the same time. Forty seven. I like her. I like yes. I dance and paint at the same time. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I like the fluidity of movement and painting. I love dancing. And
0: that's probably easier too when you have a painting on the ground, right? If you're yeah. around it.
2: 100%. Around it, yeah, on that's the that's what I do. I dance around my paintings and then I paint in the rhythm of the paint sometimes. And yeah, I was just listening to like Melvito and Gabby, which is like um, uh, kind of like African hip hop, sort of. But really great beats, I like um, Burner Boy.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, stuff like that. Right on. Yeah. Rosalia. <clears throat> yes. Oh, my daughter just danced with her. No way. Where? Yes, at... Radio City Music Hall. Get out of here. Yeah. How? Um. So her one of her really good friends is a backup dancer, for and um. So when she was having her concert uh-huh. at Radio City Music Hall, they pulled Tula on stage.
0: That's awesome.
2: And she got to dance in one of her little creations. Wow! Yeah, it was pretty cool. She
0: make um, is she a fibers artist? Or? Um,
2: she's fashion. Okay. Fashion at SCAD and production design. Yeah, I know. Isn't that cool though? Sweet. I know. I was like, look at my little That's badass. Yeah. yeah.
0: Your creative world is expanded to your kids. What about your? You have how many? kids My you son.
2: Have? I have a son, and um, my son is a chef. Yeah. That's so creative. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: We've covered a lot.
2: I know I'm so talkative.
0: It's, I want to hear a little bit more about um, how. When were you in New Mexico?
2: Um, I was in New Mexico. Let's see, 2000. What part? Um, right outside of Taos. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I lived my. Both of my babies were born in Taos. I did the like super Earth mom thing and ha- had them at a birth center. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was so cool. The woman who like was your my. kids
0: didn't have shoes until they were like, oh, five. Right? You
2: know it. You know it, baby. We're like pictures in the sunflowers naked. Driving
0: yeah. your VW bus. <laughs>
2: Don't know. My... I had a scout. We had a scout. No way. I yeah, had a scout. they are so cool. I had a scout. They're the coolest car. We shared it with a front. And then we shared it, right? So communal. You, you, the neighbor.
0: Neighbors get the back mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm. We get the front. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's a different out there. scout. Oh, they're so cool. That's one of my favorite cars.
0: Yeah. It was... But it was, you know, old. It was yeah. stinky. And oh, yeah. It, you know.
2: And they're hard to drive, and they're boxy, was, yeah, and they're...
0: Bouncy. You bouncy,
2: know. bouncy, right. It's but not it was, the easiest with a car seat.
0: It's it's the whole romantic notion of driving, you know, this... It was cool, though. You take the top off, and...
2: yeah, know. yeah. I got a Jimmy right now that you take the top off.
0: Uh, older one, then. Yeah,
2: 84. Okay. Yeah. Fucking yeah. love it.
0: I... The only
1: things I know about Taos is I used to play drums a lot. Oh, and cool. And I got a couple of drums when I was visiting Taos. They from Michael? Wooden...
2: Probably from Michael. No, oh, uh, i was just kidding. Uh, I'm joking. Taos is so small. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's only, there's only like three guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's like three drum makers.
1: I don't really remember the person. I yeah. remember, I mean, it was just a wooden drum with yeah. a, I think it was deer hide. And I think... It was like poplar. Okay. I don't know. It was yeah. like a white wood. Poplar wood. wood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or
2: cottonwood. Cottonwood is, is that, big there. Yeah, I had a lot of cottonwoods in my backyard. So maybe, it, but yeah. I think poplar is too, though. But at cottonwood would make a lot of sense. I
1: think it was cottonwood. It's been a while. But, yeah. and they just, it was, um, uh, I guess they cut a uh, bisect the tree trunk and then hollowed it out. And then used deer skin. I, I'm assuming I can't remember, but I think it was deer skin. And then applied, uh, attached it with some kind of a rawhide. There was no metal on it. it Is was it assault. like a
2: water drum? What
1: kind of? One of them was two-sided like a bata, and uh-huh. the other one was just like a. I think it's called a tar. I can't remember. Like it's been a long time. But I
2: didn't know you played drums. It's mm-hmm. awesome.
1: Yeah, Oof. I enjoyed Taos. It was. Yeah down to earth, like it's, very, it's
2: kind of unchanging feeling. I think I uh, i think there's places that I mean, if the time feels different there, mm-hmm. I'm always really fascinated by that, like how certain places geographically, time feels very different. Um, and in New Mexico, time feels very different than it does. I mean, even here, time feels different than, say, New York, or you know, California or something like that. But New Mexico has this, like, man. Sometimes you feel like you're on the moon.
1: Do you like it there?
2: I there's things I absolutely love about it there, um, but there's also a very, um, yeah. I do love it. It's it's a place that kind of you go inside. Mm. At least for me, I like when I lived there. I felt like I went inside a lot, like because it's so vast. Like the landscape is so vast. And this is also interesting. Geographic, I think, kind of narrates our like emotional landscape, like the physical landscape narrates our emotional landscape. It's like when you're there, you can just see out like so far.
1: For miles and miles. For miles. It's like
2: a horizon. I used to imagine water like just filling up valleys and places because it was just so like there was so much space and there's something about that spaciousness and maybe at different times in your life visiting that is is probably very different at that moment in of my life in my late 20s that spaciousness kind of called about different parts of me that probably would be not even nearly the same now if i went back
0: i found i i went there um I think I was in my 20s too. I spent a mm-hmm. um, couple weeks there and I just remember the light seeming yes, different.
2: The light is um, different. And you were
0: talking about the landscape and I remember driving from, we we went in, we flew into Albuquerque and, and then drove up to Santa Fe and it almost looks like you're on a lunar landscape. You're just like, it, it's a lot of volcanic rock, I man. totally
2: agree. I and feel like, like I'm in Mars. Oh my God, this is like <laughs> no, the moon. Really, no. And
0: then, and then getting into Santa Fe was just like, I still remember how it smelled? Mm. It was in the fall, so you get mm. that like wood smoke smell, mm-hmm. and the light like at, right at dusk. You know, you get that it's like purple.
2: Mm, it's beautiful, and, then, and the hatch green chilies. Oh uh, yeah, and then yeah.
0: And then we went up to Taos, and we 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 did um, a horseback ride into the wilderness with an Indian guide, yeah. and. I'm not a horseback rider and it was it was a little painful for me but it was uh (laughs) it was a a memorable experience let's just put it that way Uh, yeah and then i know we we digress on this podcast it's kind of interesting a couple of times recently about we talked about petroglyphs Mm -hmm. and hieroglyphics and and I, i remember that too when going down we went down to Silver City, mm. went to the Halo Wilderness and looked at uh, um, the cliff dwellings and saw some of the petroglyphs. And maybe it's just because of, of the graphic designer in me, mm-hmm. um, but those are the things I remember.
2: Oh, yeah. Those, the lines. That's the and, magic. Yeah. It, it's funny because then we all connect to that. There's, there's that, you look at those lines and those marks, and it's like we all know those. Somewhere in us. It's like the human experience. Yeah, it's the human experience. It's like that. Yeah. It's like the spirit transcribed the human experience perfectly. And we've been trying to emulate that ever since (laughs) in a weird way. Like we're trying to always go back home. We think we're
0: so much more um, intelligent and sophisticated. And then you look back at some of that tens of thousands of years ago and you're like, those people had it right. 100 you know, percent they they had a lot they knew a lot more in certain ways than we do now
2: i could i, I completely agree i feel no. like we've overcomplicated a lot of what is very basic or also covered it up you yeah know, like, no we're like and amnesia
0: uh, and am, they have amnesia right it's like well, that's not important. Let's just get rid of that. You know,
2: well, there's power stuff. in it, too. Yeah. So you think about that, you know, and I know right now everybody's like into like colonialism, destroy the world and, and stuff like that. And so I'm not trying to bag on like, like get all heavy about that. But it's kind of true. Like <laughs> we t- and I think the reason like if you think of like why a, a, a dominant power would come in and take away things, it's because there is power in those things. You don't take away dances and songs and language and um, and images and petroglyphs and things like that unless there's power in them, right? So there, I think that there was always a very beautiful, raw, simple power that was connected to us and the landscape and everything, and that got um, pushed aside for another plan, and that plan has been us running away from ourselves probably for a long time. And, and now there's this, I think, hunger for people to get back to the heart of, of that connection, of that really simple, beautiful connection with nature, which is like my main inspiration, my main teacher.
1: Can you tell me about Soy coma Soy?
2: Yes. Soy coma Soy is our art collective of Latin and Indigenous artists. Um and yeah, we basically kind of kicked off our big reveal of our community last year at the um Cultural Arts Center. And um yeah.
1: Where's what what was that event it was salon um, style yeah paintings? it was
2: el salon so mm-hmm. it was we had like all of the participants and artists that were in soy como soy they um we put had a group showing mm-hmm. so we uh just kind of wanted to show the diversity of you know just kind of add a new voice to savannah i feel like i'm not a new voice it's a voice that's always been there but just sort of show people a different perspective um because it's kind of time for that like just to expand um definitely yeah
1: where is is there an online presence to that like instagram
2: soy soy has an instagram and it it literally is just soy soy. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: so that's s-o-y x s-o-y right yeah yeah and are there anything any events that down the road
2: um yeah we're going we're, we're going to be having quite a few events down the road um
1: there was something at Liberty, there was a place on oh Liberty. Oh my
2: gosh, yeah, we just had a really fun party at um, the Savoy yeah. on Liberty. There that was a was, DJ, yes, music. it was so much fun. Right. And it was really great because it was more of like, you know, instead of like a gallery show, it was more of a kickoff into kind of the persona, of, you know, like the personality of everyone. And yeah. we had like drinks that were made, you know, special for Soy Como Soy and the music. Julio
1: was there. Yes,
2: right. yes.
1: Julio Cotto. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diego. I don't know. What were some of the other artists?
2: Um, there was Leia and um, I'm trying to think right now. Adriana uh-huh. was there. Yeah. And AJ, right which on. we talked about earlier. From Sulphur Studios. Yeah, from Sulphur Studios, who I'm working with, doing a collaborative Cool project with. Yeah.
0: Well, Let's let's talk about what you're doing and how people can you know see some of
2: that. Yeah. Um, honestly, mostly my Instagram. Instagram yeah. is it. Yeah. You're right, Kevin. But um, yeah, Instagram probably just autumn dot gary dot art. That's like because I'm not one to um, navigate very well like that. I get weird when I'm on the computer too long. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you the truth. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, again, I'll go back to, it's It's evident, and I think you're making work with people and yeah. changing people, I think.
0: So yeah, you're not cool. trying to make commodities. It's not like coveting a thing that you make, especially when you say, I don't even remember making that. Or, you
2: know. No. In fact, I kind of feel like if you're that attached to what you're making, make more. Create more. Because pretty soon what you make is going to be less important than the energy behind what you're doing. So it's like, you know, I always see these like young people like, I love it. It's a master. I'm like, yeah, make more. Yeah. And it's not that it's not. Yeah. I mean, it is fabulous. It's wonderful. And but it's like, I think the more and more you see just the pro- I'm a process person so like what i see the magic that i see happen is often in the process so the finished result sure if it's pretty great if it's ugly great i I don't care
1: i can relate to that yeah mine's all process space yeah
2: yeah because it's not about making pretty art it's Mm. not about making people comfortable to me it's about being honest you know so it's like i can appreciate a beautiful picture and technique and um skill you know um and realism has never been my thing either (laughs) obviously um and sometimes I think it's because I don't have the patience or attention span for that but I think in the core of it is like there's no I need something to like feel I need to feel it so like to me, it means more when I see someone who's a stroke survivor put three brushstrokes down, like, that shit is a masterpiece to me. Yeah, I want that. Like, I want that energy in my life. I don't, I. that's so much, and no one will ever know who this person is, right? They're not doing it for anybody else. They're not doing it for any reason but to do it. And the freedom and the beauty of that is what I absolutely love about art. It's what is the life in art to me. And when we start, you know, we have to make a living. We have to be commercial. We have to do these things. It is, it is real. Um, but I hope that that essence of why the, the being in the, in the art is still there, you know, that's the thing that moves me.
0: Well, that, that's the sweet spot, right? For mm-hmm. most artists is trying to find a space for you to create and create what makes you want to create in the first place. And be able to survive doing it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, commercially or whether it's communi- community-based, like, helping others. I mean, you know, that's that's a hard thing to find. And, and I would say more artists than not probably spend their whole, you know, career searching for that mm-hmm.
2: spot. And yeah. I think it's, like, we belong to one another, right? Like, I like it's a lot of times I know it's my job to go out and help facilitate something. But the more and more I grow in like who I am as a human being and in my community and the people in my life, it's like I realize that we are all equally exchanging energy. I'm not helping anyone. We're just exchanging energy. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that I gain selfishly from what I do is so humbling. And it it's so generous and it's what fuels me to keep doing this type of work because it's like it's not about one of us. It's about all of us. and and I think you know that that's just really important for me to say because I never want to be like I just want everyone who's in my life to realize that they're a teacher to me. you know like it's obvious. okay. <laughs> okay.
1: No in a good in the bestest way yeah I mean it good. So i think that's a good spot to stop okay like and i, I think, think you hit it the essence of you as an artist and who you are so right. i think that's a special spot to stop. on we need
0: more people like you yeah doing it and putting it out there for other people because you get it back
2: 100%. Yeah.
1: So it's autumn.gary.net? no uh, dot .art.
2: Yeah, autumn.gary.art is my ID. and maybe one day I'll have a website or who knows. Uh,
0: and yeah. put your energy somewhere. If
2: I'm not in outer space. Yeah. <laughs> in inner space. Yeah, oh, there you go. That's what's up. Yeah. See Autumn, it. Yes. Thank you very, yes. Much. Yes. Thank yes. You thank you, very much. Thank you Kevin, thank you Kelly.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to have anybody interviewed or if you have any questions or comments, please hit us up on Instagram at the10frame.